Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Big Pipe Broadband. That's You're an right. internet company in New Zealand. Guy, tell us more about them. Well, they have the perfect size pipe, if you want my honest opinion. Uh, some people say, why not make it bigger? Uh, if you saw the pipe that we're talking about, you would say the measurements on that are aesthetically pleasing uh, and more than that, highly practical. Uh, mm. The pipe does its job perfectly. All hail the big pipe. All hail pipe. If you're in need of internet and you're in New Zealand, you definitely want to hit these guys up. They do uh, no contracts. You're not going to get locked into some 12-month arrangement. And also, unlike the mafia, zero throttling policy. So they're just they're good guys. They're the best guys. And if you do sign up to them, do us a solid and use the code WORST when you do it. It tells them that you listen to us and they want to hear that. That's true. That's exactly what they want to hear. So they'll keep pumping money into our podcast economy. All hail the inanimate carbon rod. Are you going to play that dastardly intro again? Ow! This movie's still fine. Guys that go screw. One of them's a hottie. His name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Can't get enough of that intro. Um, I got to be honest, I didn't actually hear it this time, but I'm going to put it in, in post. And from all the I've times got to I've be, heard it, I love it. I've got to be honest, Tim. Mm. There's been. First of all, hello, welcome along to the podcast. I'm in Melbourne. Tim is in Auckland. Yes, I am. And Tim created a five-minute lag between the end of the movie and the beginning of this podcast to put bits on a roast. He didn't even say what the bits were. It could be anything. It could be disgusting. Taters. 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 Got a tint of the chicken a little bit, chuck a little garlic in there and some onions. I'm cooking Did a roast. Did you put the potatoes on the chicken? Nah. No, you didn't put not them yet. Actually, you do that later. Not yet. They're just there. All you know, the oven needed to crank up a little bit, add a bit of salt, um, get some rub time on there. Uh, here's the fun fun fact. I then chucked, will you put? <laughs> I chucked you some uh, chili powder on the potatoes. I'm, I've never done it before. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but um, I reckon good. It'll be fine. I reckon it's going to be a garbage man roast because you're cobbling this thing together between watching and discussing We Are Your Friends, which is not a good environment for cooking. I looked at my calendar today. I looked at my schedule and I saw a a few key windows and I thought, I'll bet you can build a roast within those times. And I almost got it, but I needed to build just one more bit in. (laughs) In fairness to you, I'm also multitasking. I put on a load of laundry at the start of this movie. Uh, for those of you who are regular listeners, you'll be excited to know I went out to Uniqlo after the last record and bought eight brand new <laughs> pairs of underpants. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad to hear that, man. I was worried about you. And honestly, I'm I'm loving it. I've been showing uh, the people on tour my exciting new options every day. Like they're all ten out of ten undies. Oh, are they all good. Do you want to get? Mate. We're on we're on video Skype right now. Do you want to give me a little uh, preview of what's to come? Oh, these are pretty plain Jane. Guy's taking this his belt of, off at this stage. They they blend into my denim. Oh, because they're the same colour as your jeans, are they? Yeah, it's just navy. Mate, that... I don't know why I'm, I'm putting the microphone up to my butt like I expected <laughs> to start talking. You've been well trained in the podcast arts. Yeah. Anyway, what I was going to bring up, yeah. first of all, 
as an aside, my favorite type of potato is scalloped potatoes. I love scalloped potatoes. Uh, and secondly, why I took issue with you going to put bits on your roast mm. is that uh, the end of the movie really hit me. It got me in the ghoulies today. It struck a chord. And um, the sort of upbeat anthem that plays at the conclusion of the movie over the credits. Someone uh, like real- you. Yeah. It injected some real life and excitement into me. And then I had to wait for five minutes to hear you bloody putting chili powder on potatoes. I'm really sorry about that. And um, and I mean that genuinely because the whole, the whole fucking idea with this is that we watch the movie and then we get straight into it so we can capture that kind of raw emotion. Um, so it won't happen again, Guy. You've got my word on it. Appreciate it. Uh, how, did you enjoy, I t- how did you enjoy watching the movie? Mate, uh, uh, I don't know. Fine. I took a First lot of notes. Solo venture. Quite bored. Okay. Got quite bored uh, and lonely just by myself. Um, but as I say, a lot of notes kept me company. Now, last time I took notes in a significant way that I can remember, um, that was when I came up with... Uh, <laughs> With the theory of uh, Brady the Rat King, actually. That's the last time I can remember in quite a concerted effort taking notes. So maybe some gold will come out of this. Who cares? Who knows? Jahead's dad, definitely ex-military. I reckon Jahead's dad has um, come back from like a tour in Afghanistan or Iraq. And that's why he's so bloody worked up about his son, who's some scuttlebutt sleeping until all hours passing off a, a Thursday night at a club as being a professional job, um, who refuses to do a little ha- work around the house that he lives in, scot-free, you know? Oh, that man, guy's- you're coming in Old Testament God on Jahid this week. Well, Jahid's dad's like, he's a reasonable dude. Because imagine if you were in the army and then you came back and your shitball son doesn't even get out of bed till like 11. All you want him to do is, you know, put some panels on the fucking roof, man. It's not a big ask considering that I just took one in the buttock for, you know, on behalf of Uncle Sam to protect your liberty that, and freedom. Is that why you got discharged? Because honorably discharged for bullet in the, the buttock. buttock. Just like uh, Forrest Gump, if memory serves. I haven't seen the movie in a while. Do you know what a fun way of saying butt is? What? Uh, the back of your lap. Back of your lap. That is good. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, thanks. I think it just perfectly matches the kind of tone and tenor of um, that shadowy figure that we see in, in soft focus yelling at Jarhead to go and do the chores. Yeah, look, I'm not I'm not going to argue with you. I think you have uh, evidently paid a lot more attention to the backstory of Jarhead's dad or dadhead. Dadhead, uh, as we call him. Than, than I have. I see no reason to argue with you on this point. <laughs> I, I think it all, it all checks out. I do think he's quite reasonable. Like, he comes in... And Cole's been living there presumably rent-free since he's 15, and these kids are like... We'll get to Cole in a second, because his situation with regard to Dadhead, even worse. But yeah, go on. Yeah, I, like... Yeah, I, 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 I'm, all, I'm all for it. I actually, I've got to confess to him, uh, I watched, before we watched the movie today, I watched a lot of um, junket interviews uh, for this movie. <laughs> Good on you, bro. You're doing homework. Love it. Yeah. I went to the Melbourne uh, Melbourne Public Library. Yep. And uh, started. I was meant to do some work, and I did about ten minutes, and then I just started watching Zac Efron interviews. Mate, I think I've, uh, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but that um, if it's the same library we're talking about, the Victoria State one that's in the middle of Melbourne, best library in the world. Oh man, I felt like I was transformed to a more productive space, which is probably what you want from a library, isn't it? I it went in there is and so nice in there. Everyone around me had textbooks sprawled out and they were all just working. And I was like, fuck, I didn't know people were still doing this. <laughs> I thought when I left university, everyone also stopped learning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but sp- so this is, a, this is the thing, though, is in one of the interviews, Zach's getting interviewed about his, the movie and Cole. And he's like, uh, it's sort of just a supercut. So I don't know that you hear the questions. You just see him giving out, you know, like giving different answers. And in one of them, he kind of is obviously riffing on what the backstory of the friends are, like friendships are. Awesome. Because he's sort of like, I th- obviously it wasn't in the script, and he's like, but he's he talks about Squirrel. I don't quite know how this, this ties up with Jarhead's dad, but Squirrel is college educated. He says he, 
Zakoli reckons him and Squirrel are the best friends of all the four friends, mm-hmm. which is a dangerous thing to say on the record because if Jarhead gets a fucking wind of that, he is not going to be a happy Jarhead is going to bust some fucking heads if he hears about that. And not to mention Johnny Depp with that quiet brooding intensity. Yeah, he won't be uh, but yeah, he's known Squirrel the longest and Squirrel is the smartest of the friends. Yeah. He's college educated. I didn't, there's nothing to support that thesis whatsoever in the version of the film we've seen. That's why I like it so much. Either that whole subplot, which Zakoli loved, was in the movie yeah. and subsequently removed for not being good enough, or that's just how deep he's reading between the lines. How good is Zac Efron, man? He's a clever boy and he's a hard-working boy and he's a boy who gets the script, learns it, develops backstory that isn't even hinted at in the movie and then brings that to the fore. I love it. Abs- I love him. Absolutely. He does. He, he talked about when he got the script... Uh, he was very, he was very excited. Uh, the script really grabbed him and speaks to him, and he thinks, you know, it's a great opportunity. <laughs> Electronic music is our music. Let's and, just uh, say it moved me to a bigger yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I said the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud. You've got it, friend. Um, what we, what what is your issue with Cole? Hey, sorry, I think I interrupted you in the middle of a thought. Though you were talking about the the Cole the Cole interview fiesta. Parade. Oh look, it, Parade of Cole. Well, it's just—it's pretty much just a plug for uh, some great content featuring Zac Efron <laughs> online. Him, Emily, uh, and Maximum Joseph went on a like they did a few interviews together, and yeah. there is not a lot of chemistry in the room. Oh really? But yeah, I've actually uh, got an and it, email. But then in another uh, interview, Zac Efron said that uh, this is the most fun he's had working with a director, and that Maximum Joseph is like one of the friends. And he has answers to all the questions, no matter how detailed you want to get. He didn't like specify what type of questions, so it's quite um, dangerous territory. I'm going to turn the video off because um, we're just we're coming in and out a little bit there, and it, uh, it, fantastically, it throws podcast, right after you said Maximum Joseph would always. Is <laughs> this is a little bit we do? Don't worry about it. Can you turn yours off as well? Just so it's a little bit easier on the old interwebs. The interwebs get all gunked up sometimes. They get a bit too much guy and Tim and they need to just take that video stream down. I'll tell you why it's all those bloody it's all those bloody rats in the pipes so did you say that um, Maximum Joseph could answer any question is that what you were saying when uh, Zicoli was on set that's what yeah that's cool beyond I think beyond the script I think he's just a a wise guy (laughs) oh okay so outside of the scope of the movie even just any question he should have milked it and asked him what the meaning of life was for crying out loud uh, well, much like in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the answer is 42. Uh, in this film, all Maximum Joseph would say when questioned like that was 128. Mm, interesting. That, Which is the um, exact number that uh, synergizes with the human heartbeat and gives you full control of people's bodies, according to Zicoli. Does he say 128? I think he says 120. Yeah, it's 120. No, nah, it's 128. I'll fucking bet you anything, mate. Shit. 128 BPMs. And because there is a sci-fi undertone to this movie. Um, <laughs> oh, it's there, James. Guy. Yeah, man. Like, so, so there's that. There's Zac Efron in the cl- clear light of day telling, telling people that you can control people's bodies if you play music that plays at 128 beats per minute. Yeah. Uh, and then if you combine that with the information that James Reed uh, says when they're sort of... Uh, making up after breaking up when he goes around and tells him that Squirrel's dead. Yeah. Uh, what does he say to so him? He says, you're not, he says this to him. He says, you're not even a real person until you're 27. Robotics, man. Whoa, fuck. Do you think we're all born kind of androids and then we evolve into humans at age 27? Yeah. So we are born uh, in a musicless uh, world as androids mm. and then... Uh, DJs who work like maternity wards start playing music at 128 beats, beats per minute and controlling our minds and bodies. Uh, and then when we turn 27, our brain is finally fully developed to outgrow that control and we start being real people and making real decisions. Do you suspect that this is why the 27 Club exists? If you are like creativity is too much for the transition to happen like smoothly, you know, your, your Janis Joplin, your Jimi Hendrix eye... Uh, yeah, Amy your, Winhouse. Yeah, exactly. All that crew. Jim Morrison, is he in the club? He's in the club. 
all those club members, they were too good. And um, there couldn't be an easy transition of power from the, the robotic over to the human. Crazy. I'm saying, I'm saying something like that. You've really stumbled onto something here, guy. Maximum hey. Joseph had it burning inside his heart to make a sci-fi and no one would let him. So he had to hide a sci-fi movie inside a movie about EDM. There's all sorts of Easter eggs in this movie. The more you watch it, the more it gives back. And I love it. It's funny how every movie is like that if you paid enough attention, isn't it? It is. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. I'm going to shunt in a shining light at this point, if I may, if I may be so bold. Yeah, bro. Uh, it's when James Reed says to Zicoli, a spliff? What are you, French? And then <laughs> Zicoli says with perfect comic timing, no, I'm American. Did you laugh at that line again? Yeah. Tim has laughed at this line every viewing so far. What a legend. It's so good. And I don't mean laugh out loud, but, you know, laugh in the way where you're by yourself and you note that that would be a point when you laugh if anyone else was in the room. One of the most visceral memories I have of that exact feeling when you know something's funny but you're not laughing Mm. is when I was, like, when Family Guy first came out and I was obsessed with it and I'd watch, like, three episodes in a row and be cracking up the whole way and then on the fourth episode, I'd know what was happening was funny but I just wasn't laughing. You just can't at some point, you know? All laughed out. All laughed out. Um... Do you want to chuck in a shining light here, guy, or are you good? Uh, yeah, sure thing, man. Uh, it was a nice little classy touch by the animators. That PCP animation really uh, is it's it's a joy to be be around every week. It sure is. Um, and something I hadn't noticed in previous weeks is when it's sort of starting to take hold and uh, everything's about to go all cartoony. Uh, behind the DJs, there's like a a, a painting because yes. it's at an art gallery yes and there's like a Zeus like bearded figure in the painting yeah uh, and he like his head just ever so slightly moves and I think either winks or nods towards yeah, winks. Z- 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 Zicoli and I saw that this week and I was like that you didn't need to put animators you didn't need to put that in I guess they did it's their job but they didn't need to put that in there like if it takes four screenings to see it that is a buried treasure it's a and, nice uh, touch real nice touch yeah but proper was movies sh- are full of these sorts of things, you know? When you when you intend to make a real movie, you, you put those oh, you, little little fine you, speckles on. You bury treats in them. I always used to pause I would always pause movies and stuff whenever there was any text on the screen when I was younger to like try and read it. Yeah. And a lot of it was garbage. I'll tell you what though, Arrested Development, they print store their stories, if you print them in the T V show, it's actually like there's gags in them. There's st- like their newspaper stories, do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, we don't need to get into a conversation about the myriad layers of AD, but let's just leave it at Mitch Horowitz is a genius. There's so oh, much yeah, in there. There's so much he, to unpack in there. Ooh, he's a big part of Maria Bamford's new show. But let's not. We're not a pop culture <laughs> podcast. No, we're not. Although I will say this, I've started watching that, and you definitely everyone should get on board with Lady Dynamite. Fuck, it's good. <laughs> um. Funny story, actually, guys. Recommending it to your girlfriend last night while my girlfriend extracted um, stitches from her mouth over dinner. I refuse for either of us to provide any more context for that story. So there's a bit in the movie that um, we've talked about briefly before, but we've got to keep shining a light on it until <laughs> until something changes. The door girl. Come, yeah. Jarhead. Ah. Oh. This exchange is very bad. It's a very bad thing to have in the movie. The the door girl who's looking after um what's the name of the club again? Uh Social. Social. Um Jarhead's briefly in there when he's giving her a list, like a door list, I think, of people to be let in. Um, you know, he's not being a a, a good man about it. He's making some calls and being a nuisance, but he fucks off pretty easily. But then at the end he's like harassing this this young woman who's walking by herself at nighttime through the streets of Los Angeles and he comes up to her and, and just starts like going fucking full tit and she cuts him off and says, all right, I will have sex with you. Like, stop talking. I'll have sex with you under two conditions. Number one, that you recognize this is pity, pity sex. And number two, that you shut the fuck up for the rest of the night. It's like, it's, it's are, bigger than that. It's not just pity sex. She also says, and I will ne- like, and I will never admit to it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. 
it's it's <laughs> it's no good, man. You shouldn't be having sex with people for the, uh, under those sort of uh, conditions. She's so resigned to doing it. That's like, the problem. That's the issue with it, eh? It's just like, ah, uh, here we go. It's like, yeah, it's like the only... Um, what would you put in Pokemon when you'd walk through the wild grass? What would you put on Ether to try and uh, keep the Pokemon at bay? No, Ether restored... It's Repel. Ether restored Re- your... Yeah, uh, Repel. Your um, power points for a move. It's like that's the only form of Repel she has for Jarhead. It's <laughs> like, like, I'll have sex with you if it'll if make you, you stop talking. And then the next day when they're getting their paycheck in the desert, mm. uh, he's like... He's sort of for, he's pining after her. He's like, yeah, I because to- she's like, yeah, I totally did it too. Because they're talking about squirrel doing. It. He's like, oh yeah, I did it. I massively did it. Yeah, she's gonna call me anytime. No, that's yeah, pretty cool. Or no, whatever. but you're missing out the funniest bit of what he's saying there as well. He goes, um, man, I'm seriously hurt. That girl was strong. <laughs> she fucked him up. Yeah, he's got a big mark on his neck. It's bloody good. I like that. If, if you're going to um, resign yourself to the fact that you've got to have sex with someone, uh, do it your way. Make it Clearly, he wasn't calling count. the shots on that particular rendezvous. Nah, man. The makeup team who are doing... Because there are a few um, bumps and bruises and scrapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I noticed... Because I looked at the IMDb page for this movie as well before. And there were only two noted goofs. Um, and one of them wasn't even a goof. One of them was like... Oh, when in the morning, Cole and Jarhead wake up at the same time when they're hungover. And that was the whole goof. I'm like, that's not a goof. People wake up at the what? same time all the time. That's a good, that's, what's the other one? Is the other one good? Uh, I can't remember. I just <laughs> didn't take guy. issue with the first one. <laughs> but no, my, what I noticed was, so you know when he gets beaten up by uh, James Reed from the Feelers? Yeah. And then he's like, they're all driving out to get sushi before Jarhead shows them the house he's rented on their behalf. Yeah. When uh, Johnny Depp gets into the car, he sees Zakoli, and he's got a huge fucking, br- like a massive bump uh, on his face. Mm. Like it's it's quite, the makeup department's gone ham on it. Uh, and he's like, what happened to you? And Zakoli's like, I'd rather not talk about it. And they get to the sushi place. What presumably, if they're in the San Fernando Valley, which is where the best sushi in the Western Hemisphere is, is less than a 20-minute drive away. Mm. And he's gone and Hayden Panettiere and heroes that shit because his <laughs> grades is like 80% better. Yeah, true that, actually. I didn't, I didn't, well, there, there's your goof. You should submit that to the IMDB page, guy, and feel like a big man because you managed to find <laughs> something that didn't make 100% sense in the movie. I feel like I we sh- can um, we can reach higher, though. I feel like by the end of this season, we'll be able to um, have at least a couple real good ones up our sleeve, like we managed to do with Sex in the City, too. A few treasures. I like the emphasis I put on that. It was weirdly placed. Sex in the City, too. Sex and the City, too. Six in the city two. Six and the city two. Six in my pussy one. Far out. Um, Do you reckon there's a Six in the City parody called Six in My Pussy? I, Is it not similar enough? <laughs> I reckon there should be. It's just the kind of brash non clementia <laughs> that those uh, um, hilarious piss take pornos are famous for. Absolutely. Hey, I had a really good time with Paige this week. Oh, did you? You're coming around to Paige. Uh, I don't like him. I just think he's quite a confused guy and he's been through a lot. Right. Um, <laughs> when he's giving his inspirational speech to the boys. Now, sorry, for people who have never seen the movie, which hopefully is everyone we're talking to right now, Paige is uh, the boss of the real estate empire yeah. that's been run out of a um, backwater like shoebox warehouse. Yeah. A garage. Uh, and he's also the captain of the softball team. Yeah, that's right. Big uh, softball fan. So he's doing his big inspirational speech. And at one point, he's talking about land. He's like, he's, he's, he hates digital. He lists all the stuff he hates. And then he starts talking about the stuff he likes. And he's like, land. That's what you want. Land. Fuck a diamond. That shit's forever. And I don't think that that's like uh, an inspirational turn in the speech. I think that's him <laughs> warning them. It's like... If you fuck a diamond, if you try and put your dick in a diamond or put diamonds in your dick, you're going to do some long-lasting damage that will genuinely last forever. I like that he just snuck that in as well to the inauguration of like getting people through. What's that called when you enter a new workplace? Uh, yeah, like the initiation Initi- or orientation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Orientation speech. 
Hey, like, new I want you boys to be burned like I was burned. <laughs> Fucking diamond. That yes. shit's forever. My junk doesn't work so good. Don't, don't make a big deal out of it, though. You'd be like, things I don't like. Computers. Technology. The internet. Derivatives. Things I do like. Solid gold. Property. <laughs> land. Real estate. Fuck a diamond. That shit will come back to haunt you. It's like, whoa, exactly. what, was the, what was the last thing there, man? What's happened, Paige? And then, and then when he was at the house, when they were at the house with um, Teresa, whose Who? house goes into foreclosure? Tanya Romero, how dare you? <laughs> oh, Teresa's her sister. Uh, when they're all at the table and Paige is starting to put the hard sell on, being like, uh, oh, so we're going to steal your house from you. He's like, I forgot about the... Oh, no. Oh, no, I've got it all twisted. i got it all twisted. That's not that bit. But I did find something with Tanya Romero. That, I'll tell you about that in a second. But I did find something with Tanya Romero. Uh, part of the reason that she winds up in big financial trouble is because Cole's not good at his job. Oh, he's my mixing, God, yes. Yes. He's, mix, he's, he's, he's on his phone when he's meant to be bloody dealing with a customer. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Fully, good. bro. And and she says, I fully cracked onto that this week as well, because she rings and she's like, hey, is this Cole? And he's like, yep. And then she's like, Cole, I need you to do something for me. And then he gets a text saying, come over, big fight. Is it from James or is it from... Um, it's from ja- It's from James. It's from James Reed of The Feelers. And the audience is led to believe that James Reed from The Feelers could be being like, I'm about to have a big fight with you or I'm having a big fight with Sophie because this is just after Zicoli and Sophie have boned in Las Vegas. Yes. And so Zicoli's like understandably looking at his phone, but you shouldn't like you should do it in between phone and, calls at least. And also like immediately after we see the text message, it kind of cuts to Zicoli walking up the path to go to the house. So like... Presumably, he just ended the call with Tanya Romero and some bit of paperwork that was supposed to go to the bank or something never got filed, and she lost her fucking house. Yeah, so next thing you know... Thinking it's Paige's fault, it's not. It's it's Zicoli's fault. He needs to take some goddamn absolutely. personal that's, responsibility. That's why he delivers the box of money at the end, because he feels um he feels badly about it, but it's too late, bro. Yeah, you just As lost Tim her... As like, rightly pointed out last week, you're just handing a box of money over to... Paige, who now owns the house, exactly. is going to go spend it on diamonds and try and fuck pool. them. Uh, what I was meaning to say because he's a uh, slow learner guy, he loves softball, a, but he is a slow learner, and he will continue to try and fuck diamonds until he finds a way to do it well, that is pleasurable for both him you, and the diamond. He's a slow learner, as is Jarhead, uh, because when he's showing the guys around the house, he rents for them in the and like that you know exciting place, and he's like, oh, and I forgot about the best part. And he takes his shirt off and he starts walking through the house and all the boys are like, what are you going to do? I was really hoping that he's like, walks into the other room and he's just got this huge diamond and he starts trying to fuck it. And they're like, no, no, did you learn nothing? Jahid, learn from Pedro's mistakes. He's a broken man and for good cause. He busted his yeah. dick on a very hard piece of carbon. And busted not his dick on a diamond. Um, 
Um, do you want some more notes? Yeah, man. I just I wanted to cast a little bit of a not a shining light but a spotlight on the checkered man in the um in the party for Sophie's university friends. The guy who's talking who's like oh, I love music. The guy, yes, it's it's it, interestingly. Uh, do you know that's the same guy who the guy is talking to in the two parter when guy start, uh, uh, when Zicoli starts punching people. Yeah, but you barely see him. You just see the guy who says, "This is the line." I never went there personally. Wish I had. And he delivers that line with just like the quintessential American Ivy League guy intonation and accent. It's like perfect. Because I originally when I, I I was writing this down, I was like, it's perfect. And I was going to say it's the perfect American Ivy League school uh, attendee, but I have no idea. I haven't lived in America. I've never set foot in one of their colleges. No, but it's 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 because I'll tell you why you you're familiar with it. It's because it's um, it's prominent in lots of different uh, bits of media, and of I feel like I'm glad you brought this up because I've always had a real like I've always really enjoyed the douchiness uh, and the execution when that guy says, "Oh," and she's like, "I'm a personal assistant for a musician." He goes, "Oh, which musician?" I love music. Yeah, exactly. Like, you love music. Like that sets you apart from anyone else in the fucking world. You it's, absolute that bit's actually, it's kind of, In some ways, it's a really well-written scene right until we get to the hero of the movie who was supposed to entirely sympathize with Zuccoli's very homophobic slurs and rampant punching. I, well, I was thinking about that though. And while it is laden with homophobia, the line, I think as he delivered it tonight, where he's like, uh, so when you jerk each other off, do you guys uh, take turns? Was it more of a simultaneous thing or whatever? Uh, he's maybe just playing on what is ob- very obviously an insecurity for these guys because they're not being good guys when they're talking about how they want to see your titties. Uh, and so he's needling at them knowing that they will be, they'll respond negatively and freak out at the notion of being called gay. Unless they're, they're bi. Insecure. Found a loophole yeah. in your little theory. No, but I, I'm saying the way that Zaccoli's processed it is oh, these boys are definitely straight. I'm going to go and try and antagonize them with whatever I can gotcha. to make them furious. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's it's thin. I like that you have tried to come up with some ammunition to save our hero, but I guess it's, it's almost like going by the same uh, token. You look at them and they're white, so you start calling them black because you're just trying to see something that they're not and <laughs> yeah. then assume that they'll get offended by it, you know? It's yeah. It's not a, a hugely <laughs> strong argument. Uh yeah. Well, I did my best. Uh, but what I was going <laughs> to say is, is the reason that you're familiar with that scene and that feeling and that Ivy League kind of douchiness uh, is because, like, I feel like, and think about it now, it reminds me a lot of, um, and as a direct homage to maybe Ryan Atwood in the OC uh, when he first from Chino, he gets picked up and moves in with a wealthy family. Hmm. And uh, he's at a party like that where he's like surrounded by, they're not Ivy League people, they're like Ivy Leaguers with the training wheels on, they're still in high school. Yeah. But they're they're speaking in those exact same douchey tones. It's those guys. And with that same sentiment. Those guys are everywhere. Those guys are everywhere if the American media that they propagate all around the world is to be believed. But what if it's all a big have and these guys don't exist, but there's some like... America's just trying to export all this propaganda to convince us that these guys are what America's really like. Why would they? Why would that be their propaganda? Because they're bad guys. Well, that, that's exactly it. I don't know. I haven't, is that why, is that that why America's yet. a crumbling empire? Because their propaganda machine started failing them. Yeah, that's true. That, I, I reckon that could be it. Because like they're pumping they, out a lot of Donald Trump stuff. They were pumping out this um, this model of what they thought the world wanted, which was this preppy. Um, polo wearing douchebag who's always at those kind of parties talking about the cheese that he's eating and when he's got his next golf lesson. I don't know. I'm so far removed from the cultural stereotype that I, I don't even know how to mock them correctly, you know? But that's I what America the thought nose. the world wanted. But they got it wrong. Yeah, you got but it they wrong, don't actually America. exist. Imagine that. They're just entirely a figment of our collective media imagination. Imagine that, guy. Imagine that. I like the idea of like a, a, an archetype that has been created and like replicated so intensely that the notion of them exists in New Zealand. Whereas in America, they watch that and they're like, well, I'll tell you where Maximum Joseph lost me was 
those goddamn douchey characters. They keep showing up, and I've never met one. I just cannot relate to this movie. Maybe that's why it tanked. This movie tanked? Maybe that's why, yeah. Didn't this movie... Who are we talking to? Someone told us it tanked at the box office like something fierce. Like the the financial performance of this movie was among the worst of any major release for the last 10 years or something. Wow. I kind of want to look that up while I'm talking to you, actually. Because it's really... um... Go for it. I think I I went in my research today. I found something in passing. It was like... The lowest it was it was some sort of rate low on a ratio like it was the across being a film released across two thousand two hundred cinemas, it drew the lowest yield or whatever for a, a movie with that size release on opening weekend. Right. Well, so here, like it made this is here's a, a story from Cinema Blend about it um, from nine months ago. The headline is. Zach Efron's We Are Your Friends is a box office bomb of historic proportions. Uh, Savage. Op- opened in 2000 theaters. It made uh, 1.8 million. I think they're looking at opening weekend there. It was, <laughs> Jesus, came in the 13th spot behind American Ultra, which I have never heard of, uh, Minions, Ant-Man, and Jurassic World. According to Billboard, Warner Brothers only paid $2 million to distribute the film. Um, I don't know, that that does seem light to me, but I'm not in the movie business guy. I'm in the business of talking about no. one movie for 12 months. That's the as business. As I understand it, that does sound light to me as well. I mean, Zac Efron is a movie star. Yeah. I really li- I, I like, I like watching him in interviews. I like the guy. He seems like he a also, real good dude. He also, what I noticed this week, which I thought was a nice bit of detailing, I tell you what, the, the real heroes of cinema are the art department, eh? Fuck, man. That's one thing I've taken out of every movie that we've watched uh, is I guess it's also uh, by virtue of looking for something and then, you know, taking joy in finding new things, which is mm. exactly what the art department... Do you reckon the art de- there are art department people who are like hearing about the podcast and dressing sets to that brief being like, okay, we're going to make this movie look like something where you could find something new for 52 weeks. Oh, right. If we could have any impact with this podcast whatsoever to leave as a bit of a legacy, that would be such a wonderful one. How good would that be? Wouldn't it just? Just a couple of people. Inspiring art departments the world over. Do you know what, though? I reckon art departments have been doing that for ages. They'll be putting little things in that no one knows about, like directors, uh, directors of photography, no one, and they're little like inside jokes, like how the Disney animators used to hide shit in the movies. Have you ever... What, are you talking about like phallic stuff? Um, <clears throat> that was kind of what I was thinking of, but yeah. Is that true? Someone was telling me about that the other day. Yeah, apparently it's true. The biggest one that people bring up is uh, sex and the dust cloud of Lion King, but it actually, um, supposedly, according to the, the guy, it's supposed to spell out SFX for special effects, but just Fs and Es look so similar. It's pretty funny that... Um, the special effects guy trying to spell out the special effects to give a special effects team a shout out. <laughs> fucked up. Yo, fucked up, bro. <laughs> Not that good. Is so, that's so funny. But anyway, what I was going to say I noticed this week is uh, in between Squirrel's funeral and Summerfest, I'm pretty sure Zakoli gets a new tattoo on his left bicep uh, that looked like, I didn't pause it, but it looked like it said SJD. Uh, and presumably S was for Squirrel and JD were his other initials, or maybe he's just a huge fan of New Zealand musician SJD. Holy shit, you went in deep this time, bro. How did you yeah. even see, see that? Because not only would you have to be watching his arm real closely, you would have had to have known what it looked like before the funeral. That's mental. Yeah. Damn, well, man. Any Zac Efron movie will always, uh, you know, make a great effort to to have those arms out for a lot of it. Oh, shit, yeah. If you are paying for the Zicoli, you get the arms for free. But it just so happens that the pasta is very expensive. Zicoli has always served al dente. Always. Um, it, speaking of, like, full immersion in the movie, a guy tweeted before. I was just trying to see if I can find his. Oh, here we go. His name's uh, Tarek McGrain. He said, hey, mate, you should totally watch We Are Your Friends with a virtual reality headset. Grab some Google Cardboard and jack in. And I'm fucking enamored with that idea. <laughs> I think we should definitely do that. Would that, would that work? Yeah, apparently, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not sure if you need kind of special um, content, like special files to play through those things, but maybe not. I don't know. I want to do it. 
I want yeah, full I'm... immersion and 5.1 surround headphones. So it's just, it's just like I've lost all sense of what I am outside of the movie. Mate, I'd, lo- I'd love to have a go at that. That'd be good. Okay, let's try and get that done. We'll try and figure that out. Samsung, if you're listening, um, make it so. Um, oh. it, it's harder watching the movie without you, Tim. It's not as fun, eh? Especially this one because it's like, it's so bland as well. I Do you know what I was trying to um, come up with while I was watching this week? Is how, how do you make the movie that we saw, We Are Your Friends, a, a good movie, like a really great movie? Like What would need to change in it to make it really awesome? Uh, you need... <laughs> I don't know. See, it's tricky, eh? Because it's kind of like almost there, but it definitely isn't a great movie. I would say it's not even a good movie. It's a it's a movie, um, but it's not good. It's not bad. Yeah, which is sort of the worst, the worst kind of movie, because then it's just like Teflon. It's very hard to grab onto anything. I was trying to think, because I, th- I think Squirrel Dying is great. I think that's good, you know. But this, that's, that's that's the only real drama, and it's, it comes quite late in the piece. Like, you need more stuff going wrong. We're spending too much time with him having a great time and, like, getting good at making music. Maybe that's what it is. Did you just turn on a fan or something? What's going, oh. what's going on over there? Oh, yeah, no, I'm in my um, hotel room, and the air, the air conditioning unit just turned itself on. Oh, far out. Loud little bugger. Good on you though. Zach, Ears important. Uh, it's just turned off. <laughs> just a lot of black to go. let you know it's still there. I, I was gonna, I was gonna let you say to you though uh, that I've because I've been sleeping in uh, different in different parts of rural Victoria, Australia, mm-hmm. and far out, man. If you forget to turn the air conditioning off before you fall asleep, you wake up with the driest mouth. And accordingly, when I saw Zach Efron reach for that bottle of water after their big blowout when they yeah. start living in their new flat, and like suckle at it like a a baby calf suckling on its mother's teat, the milk of life. I was like, that's good acting. You lived it recently. That was you. Yeah. Um. Hey, I want to throw a theory at you, which is a little bonkers, and I, I don't quite know if we've got enough time to cover it um, in the depth that deserves, but I suspect Squirrel may not have died at the hands of drugs, as we are led to believe. I kind of think Johnny Depp may have killed him. How? That I don't know yet, but I kind of suspect blunt force trauma, trauma like um, beating the shit out of someone with a telephone book because apparently it doesn't create any bruising, but you can really fuck someone's internal organs up if you just keep hammering them. What do you mean if you beat someone with a telephone book, there's no bruising? How would there not be bruising? The body doesn't I, know it's being hit by a telephone book. That oh. makes no sense. <laughs> I, I heard that from a guy once. A guy told me that. A dude, a dude told me that. Anyway, the methodology you... <laughs> isn't, isn't, isn't critical here. What I think has happened is Johnny... Because Johnny Depp's this dark, brooding, intense energy this entire film. He says real fucked up, weird things in a really dark way. Um, but he doesn't say much, but the few things he does say are very concerning to me. They really raise the alarm. And I think that a house party would be the perfect cover for him to knock off Squirrel, um, and everyone just assumes it's because Squirrel was on so many drugs. There's another hint that he's a sociopath when they're at the club, and he sta- he's talking to Zicoli, and he stands on a woman's foot, and in the, like off mic you hear her go, hey, what the fuck, ow, and he just ignores it. Uh, he he, he has no empathy other for other people's feelings. Exactly, he's a bad man. Um, so yeah, because what originally led me onto this train of thought is the fact that um, after that little shot that we got out of the twelve-hour maximum Joseph shot of inspiration to just just shoot the guys riffing for twelve hours, and all that came of it was that little slice of Santeria um, by the pool. Like Squirrel's not in a great way. But he's kind of fine. He's holding a bong. He's singing along. Um, he's not singing. He is. He's not. Is he not? Nah. He couldn't. He couldn't string a sentence together, man. He's real. He's real. Really on the edge. He's tuckered. Dep- is that how people die, though? 
Nah, I don't know how. I I still think I can't remember if I said this on the podcast or not. I suspect that Squirrel uh, might have offed himself after seeing his friend sing Santa Santeria by Sublime <laughs> and be like, "I cannot live with these people." Shit. I, but I mean, I think there's, there's, something, there's something lurking, something sinister afoot. There's something lurking just beneath the surface. There, I even came up with a motive. I think that maybe Johnny Depp is in love with Sarah. Who um who had sex with Squirrel at the start of the movie? Oh, you know they obviously know who Sarah is. Sarah is a character that doesn't get enough airtime in this either, because it's very much like she's known to the group. They use her to create the illusion. Oh no, it is efficient storytelling. But like that that scene feels very much like something you'd write into a movie where it's like hard cut. Can you play drunk in love? Hey Sarah, you know, and then another like she comes in sassy interaction. They were probably Maximum Joseph and I can't remember who he wrote it with. They were scrambling for female characters. Sarah Silverman. No, that That's doesn't seem right. <laughs> someone. I think it's someone Silverman. Sarah Silverman is a very talented and famous comedian. Oh, I, I realize who Sarah Silverman is, guy. Don't you worry your pretty little head about that. I do worry. Um, Let's have a look. Maximum Joseph and... Oh, this is kind of a no-game gain proposition. I don't even know why I'm looking it up, you know? <laughs> oh, no, it's uh, Megan Oppenheimer of uh, Atomic Bomb fame. Direct descendant. What's... Wasn't there a Dr. Oppenheimer who was in charge of the Manhattan Project? And he was the one who um, said when they dropped the first nuclear bomb ever. Uh, fuck, what is it? It's from, like, the Hindu sacred scriptures. I am become death. Or something like that. I, you know a lot of stuff I don't know. There's a few things. I also that, anyway. pro- probably know a lot of stuff you don't know. True. Definitely I have true. my I have my secrets. Hey guys, there's something that I, important that we've glossed over here. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. But it's very important that we resurrect. Getting sentimental with James <laughs> Reed. I was wondering if you were going to get sentimental with me this week. Absolutely, bro. I've got such a good one. Do we you do one done... each or do we just like... It's one. Do we it's go turn, turn apart? Okay, cool. Yes, sweet. So here's what I'm thinking. You know how um, when Zakoli goes to James Reed from the Feeler's house to watch the fight and he says, what the fuck, man? And once again, as the audience, we're led to believe that he's about to lay him out for having sex with uh, Sophie. Yeah. Um, and then he says, you didn't contact me when we were at the festival. And then James Reed goes on to say, uh, I found these two um, Ukrainian, Ukrainian ac- acrobats. So I think the Ukrainian acrobats have managed to contort themselves to fit in a box designed for a MacBook <laughs> Pro. <laughs> and when he opens the box, these two Eastern Bloc circus performers jump out at him. How good would that and- be? That would be phenomenal. And then run away because they've been <laughs> yeah. shut up in a box for a few nights <laughs> totally. and did not want any part of it. And then, Sophie's like, who are they? And he's like, don't worry about them. And she wouldn't worry either because she's used to his shenanigans and having to just like accept him for the shit human being that he is. Yeah. Oh, dear. But anyway, that's my getting sentimental with James Reed. Hey, I love it. I love that you brought it back. Yeah, I love that you thought of it. And again, I apologise for poo-pooing it. So, so no, on that first turnabout, you're bloody. This movie's doing strange things, you Tim. You're <laughs> you're bouncing all over the goddamn place. I am a bit. Um, look, we, we've been talking for entirely more time than is necessary for we are your friends. So, I think unless you've got any additions, uh, I got one thing that I wanted to uh, that I thought might have been happening in the movie and then this will be the last observation I have. Uh, you know how Zaccoli's got a bad habit? This is a bad habit for a DJ if you want to be in the big leagues uh, of just leaving his post and getting some random person to take over. Yep. Like, it's social. He just walks away from the decks when he's still on the clock. Uh, when his mates arrive at James Reed from the Feelers party, he walks away from the decks and he finds just the nearest person. He's like, hey man, can you watch this for me? And the guy's like, yeah, sure. And he walks away and you don't hear... Hide not. Also, it's so unlikely to me that he would do that because he's worked so hard to get the dance floor absolutely fucking rocking and yeah. it's going off. And then he's like, all right, that's all I needed. I'm d-. Like, surely he'd want to capitalize on that momentum. This is a big work opportunity for him. Anyway, 
he goes to just pull some random guy up and he's like, hey, can you look out of this for me? And the guy's like, yeah, and kind of pumped and a little bit confused. Uh, what I think happens is when he leaves and he comes back out, that replacement DJ was just some sort of dweeby, like second cousin who was in town and James Reed had to ask to the party. And he's plugged in a <laughs> microphone and set up like a karaoke corner. Good but he's the, only, he's the only one doing it. And he's just driving people out of the party. Oh, that's so good, dude. So like after this whole convoluted speech he's given to Sophie while he's getting that mix just right <laughs> to get around fucking popping off in the afternoon, this guy comes and starts singing um, Sudden Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> Into totally a reverbed microphone. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Yeah. Take take that, you LA hipsters with too much money. A bit of karaoke never hurt anyone. Just That's enjoy right. no, it. Just get into no it. No one's better than karaoke. Exactly. Never forget that. All right. Um, thanks for joining us. We'll be back uh, in the friend zone at some point soon. And thanks again to Big Pipe, our sponsor this week. And thank you to you for listening and I think that's it. Thank you to Guy Guy. Hey, thanks to you, Timbo. And just a quick heads up, if anyone here lives in, uh, not that place, where am I going? <laughs> Fuck, man, I've been, I went to one of the biggest shitholes <laughs> I've ever been to the other day. <laughs> no offense to the people of Colac, but it was insane. Uh, if you live in Charlton, Ararat, Warnumbool, Hamilton or Horsham, I'm coming for you. How many people do you think you're grabbing from the from the podcast audience that are going to live in these small Australian towns? Uh, I met one big podcast fan in uh, Ballarat. Oh, oh then it's all worth it. Then it's all yeah, worth it. Yeah, it. it was awesome. It just takes one. Okay, well then, um, seeing us out again, I, if my memory serves, it is the wonderfully talented Christopher Brown. Is that right? Who did our intro? Not to be conf- yeah, not to be confused with the yeah. hideous personality Chris Brown. Let's not get into that. There's simply no time. See you soon, folks. Bye-bye. Are you going to play that dastardly intro again? <laughs> 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 this movie's still fine. There's a Coley party. Yeah, there's a Coley party. One of them's a hot His name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp. And his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.